going on. Amen. Amen. We're about ready to get started this morning. Uh, we invite you to come on in and find a seat this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. Amen. There's a lot of other places that we could have been today. Oh, but we made a good decision to come to the house of the Lord and honor God. Amen. To worship Him together. We invite you, uh, welcome you to Pleasant Grove Assembly of God. We're glad you're here today. I hope you come with a great expectation to meet with God today. He's here. He's here. He's here. Hallelujah. Glory. I want to encourage you, if you haven't done so, be sure to grab one of our bulletins off of the welcome desk in the lobby. A lot of things coming up uh, this this month. Uh, I do just want to bring to your attention, this Friday night, this is for our, our men's ministry. There's going to be meeting on Friday night here at the Fellowship Hall. So uh, it's going to be a great time of uh, fellowship. We're going to enjoy some barbecue. Pastor's going to bring a special devotion. And this will kind of be our last men's meeting before the summer where we'll kind of take a break. Uh, so come out Friday night. We're going to get started at 6.30 p.m. Friday. Invite somebody to come. And if you haven't done so, stop by the desk out there and sign up. That way we can know how many to prepare food for. So we're looking forward to a great time together. Amen. I'm looking for a great time of worship this morning. How about you? Amen. Amen. I want to invite you to stand this morning. We're going to open in prayer. Hallelujah. We want to turn our heart to the Lord today. And let's give Him our best. Amen. Oh, He's worthy of our praise this morning, church. He loves you with an everlasting love. Oh, aren't you glad today? Aren't you glad? Let's pray together and worship the Lord. Father, thank you for another day, Lord, that we can come to your house, that we can enter into your presence, God. We love you today, Father. We thank you that you first loved us, Lord, and you demonstrated your love. Lord, that while we were yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for our sins. And Lord God, we thank you today for your amazing grace. Father, by which we're saved through faith in Christ today, Father. We love you. We praise you. We come to honor you today. We invite you, Lord. Have your way in our service. Let your glory fall fresh, God, as we offer our worship to you. May you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I will bless them wonderful name
Thank you, Lord. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, that you are greatly to be praised. Oh, Lord, we thank you that you're great. You've given us a great salvation. Your mercy is great. Your peace that passes all understanding is great. And we thank you, Lord, for the things you have done. In advance, we thank you for what you shall do in our lives and in our circumstances you'll do what only you can do and we will be quick to acknowledge it and to testify and give you glory because of it oh lord release your power manifest it and work your good work and we'll give you the glory and the honor and all god's people said amen god bless you you may be seated amen Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's wonderful to sing about the greatness. It's another thing to witness it and enjoy it in your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, Children's Church, you are dismissed. Adults, good morning. If you have your Bibles, if you would go to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 43. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Looking forward to the coming weeks as April begins and Easter season. Lord willing, next week we'll talk about the worship in heaven. The worship in heaven. We'll follow that by his words from the cross, the sayings from the cross, and then we'll move into Easter Sunday. But for this morning, we want to talk about or we want to go back and look at one of the more popular verses in that Old Testament, a verse of encouragement from the prophet Isaiah, beginning in Isaiah 43. And if you would, looking at verse 1, and the Bible says, But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, and formed you, O Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed thee. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you go through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. In fact, when you go through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba for your stead. And since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for your nations, in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I'm with you. I'll bring your children from the east, and I'll gather you from the west. And I will say to the north, give them up. And to the south, do not hold back. Bring my sons from afar, my daughters from the ends of the earth, everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed, and who I have made. I'm going to talk this morning passing through the fog or passing through the waters or seeing through the fog. I read a story some time ago, and it bears repeating if you've heard it. 
There was a lady swimmer by the name of Florence Chadwick. She was uh, an accomplished swimmer, first lady to swim the English Channel. And she attempted to swim one time from the Catalina Island to the coast of California, about 21 miles. Now, the day she went, the waters were numbing cold. The fog was so thick she could barely see the escort boat that was by her side. Several times the escort boat had to fire off their rifles to chase away the sharks that were getting a little too curious or hungry, whatever the case. And finally, after swimming 15 hours, 15 hours, I don't know if I can do anything 15 hours. Thankfully, I can still breathe after 15 hours. 15 hours. She asked to be led into the boat. Now, they try to encourage her to keep going and not to give up, but she'd had enough and she quit. Now, after she was taken into the boat, the fog lifted and she found out that she was only a half a mile from the shore. Mm. She quit. The truth is, you don't know how close you are to that answer. You don't know how close you are to that miracle and to that breakthrough and that that, that uh, wonderful working out of that thing you've been praying about and believing God for. She gave up and then she said these words, If I had been able to see through the fog, I never would have given up in the water. Lord, help us to see through the fog. Can you say amen? amen. See, the enemy of our souls, he attempts to hinder our advance and our progress and our um, improvement in the Lord. He attempts to cloud our vision and discourage our hearts. But the Lord calls his people onward. He calls us to continue this fight of faith. He asks us and he requires of us that we be finishers of the task that he has entrusted. And sometimes in life we find out that the fog moves in on us, making it difficult to see what God is doing and how close we really are to that victory. It can cause us to say, where is he? What is he doing? When will he? It could be the fog of discouragement that just seizes you. It could be that stress in the relationship. It could be the pressure in the finances. That unexpected thing that suddenly hit you and you didn't see it coming. Delayed answers, life's anxieties. So this morning, let's look at some Bible reminders that will strengthen our hearts to see through the fog and to keep swimming for the glory of God, to be a finisher. My friend, you've come too far to turn back now. You've come so far, God's done so much. Keep swimming, keep believing, keep singing, keep going forward in Jesus. Can you say amen? Now our text begins, Isaiah 43 and verse 1. But now, this is what the Lord says, or if you have the King James, but thus saith the Lord. I like that. That's what really matters. Can you say amen? I mean, a lot of people are saying a lot of things, but really matters. What's God saying? What's the Lord declaring? What's the word of God decree to you and I this morning? You know, in the following verses, God expresses his love and the multiple blessings that that love brings to his chosen people. How God created us and then God redeemed us. How God cares for us and how God, he, he owns us. We belong to him. He has chosen us and he keeps us. Originally, he's addressing what we call the Jewish remnant. After about 75 years in Babylon, they're there because they had sinned against God and God had judged his people and brought them away for a season of chastisement. But after 75 long years, they're allowed to come back to their land. But their land has been ravaged. Jerusalem been laid waste. And they're facing a long journey with little resources to get to a place where there's this overwhelming need and it's so exhaustive. And again, they're having a hard time grasping what needs to be done. 
a long journey home and the difficult task of rebuilding their lives. And there's many reasons in the natural to fear. But the Lord said to his people, fear not. They had many reasons just to say it's too much, but the Lord declared to his people, you got more than enough. Fear not, for I am going before you. Fear not, for I am working on your behalf. And if we're honest, we can say that rebuilding and restoring isn't always easy. It could be the rebuilding of a shattered life, the rebuilding of a damaged marriage or ministry or defeated church. Rebuilding and restoring isn't always easy, but praise the Lord that if God be for us, who can be against us? Can you say amen? Don't just settle for that condition. Believe God. He's a God of restoring. He's a God of reviving. He's a God that will make things beautiful in its time. And this morning, I just want to look closely at... Some other things that the Lord has said to his people. Some Bible reminders for God's present day people as we march in this great march of faith. There's some basics, I know. But we all need reminding. And young Christian, take these verses down. Hide them in your heart. Chew on them. Get them in your faith. Get them in your spirit. Number one, we begin. And let's remember and never forget that God works and God is working all things together for the good. Can you say amen? The word of the Lord, Romans 8 and 28, Romans 8 and 28, for we know, for we know that all things God works for the good of those that love him, for those that are called according to his purpose. And we know, God says, be a people that know what you know. Be a people of a blessed assurance. Know that you know that you know that all things, God is working. God is working. All things mean your things. We know that in all things, God works the good for those that love him. Do you love God? Then God says, I'm working in that situation. I'm working in your life. You might not see, you might not sense it, but faith believes it every time. And we look that no matter what you and I are facing, the fog might be setting in. It might be like you've been swimming in 14 and a half hours and you're wondering, can I go another stroke? No matter what you're facing or how difficult things appear, faith knows and faith is confident that God is at work in the lives of his people. That even when I can't see it or I can't feel it or circumstances don't reflect it, we sing that song, even when I don't see that he's working, he never stops. He never stops working. Let there be a blessed assurance in your heart. Reject all doubt and know that you know God is at work in your life. All things mean your things. Can you say amen? For this we know, that the God who is faithful, And the God that is so good, that the God who is able, the one that is our very present help in our time of trouble, he is at work in our lives. He is at work ordering our steps. He is at work holding us in the palm of his hand, and he will come through for his chosen ones. Blessed be his name. You see, the God we serve, our Heavenly Father, he just does not just observe our lives. He does more than watches over us. He participates in our lives. He's orchestrating events. He's unfolding his plan. He's working his good work in our hearts while he's fulfilling his plan outside our lives. And the whole time, he's giving us strength to endure the process. So many examples of God working in situations that we all would say, where was God? I don't see it. I don't feel it. So many examples throughout the word of God. But I believe the greatest. 
and especially as we go forward into the Easter season, I think the greatest example, of course, is the cross of Calvary. What an example. Someone might be thinking this morning, my situation doesn't look so good. My friend, neither did Calvary. Do you remember the story? Men did their worst. It looked like defeat and disaster. It looked like the devil had won. The disciples felt that their world had fallen apart. We called it Good Friday, but it didn't look good that Friday. I'll tell you that. We called it Good Friday because we know how things turned out. Somebody, I want you to know things are going to turn out. Somebody, things are going to turn out. It might not look like it. The last time you spoke to them, they might have slammed the phone down on you. I tell you, by the name of the Lord, it's going to work out. God is working in that situation. Hold on to your faith. Cling to the promise of God. Continue to pray. Continue to intercede and watch the hand of God work his work in your life hallelujah hallelujah we think of the cross of Calvary and if we were to put ourselves in the shoes of the disciples we'd probably act the same way but the truth was on that cross the son of God far from being defeated he was paying the price for our sins he was redeeming us and he was freeing us Hell wasn't winning. God was redeeming for himself a people. He was shedding his blood so that you and I could come to be saved and know the Lord. It was not a tragedy. It was heaven's greatest victory. He went to that cross not because he was overpowered by evil men, but because he was overwhelmed by his great love for you and for you and for you and for me. Oh, the great love of Jesus. How First John says it. Oh, what manner or measure is the love of God that's been poured out upon our lives. When it seemed like hell was winning, actually heaven was expressing the fullest measure of his love towards you and towards me. You see, things aren't always as they seem. (laughs) But the Lord will always have the last word. Things aren't always as they seem. But we choose to fix our faith on the word of the Lord. That he's working all things together for good. We choose to steady ourselves on this promise. And know that we know our God is working Therefore, we will keep on swimming and we will keep on singing and we will keep on trusting and we will keep on believing and we will keep on praying for we know we're closer now than when we first began. Number one, some Bible basics, some Bible reminders. Young Christian, write it down. Let it become a foundation in your faith. Hide it in your heart. Learn to speak it with your mouth. Number one, God reminds his people. Thus saith the Lord. This is what the Lord says. God works all things. And all things mean my things. Together for his good. Can you say amen? His good. Our good. And his glory. Now, number two. As we're coming against the fog. and We're fighting the fight of faith. God reminds us. Number two. That he will sustain us. In every season of our lives. You know, some people do good in one season they struggle to adapt and to adjust in another season you know life comes in seasons life comes in seasons well one minute you're sending them off to kindergarten the next minute they got to go with you to the doctor to make sure you're hearing things right i'm just saying life is full of seasons that wasn't a joke that's that i'm just saying life is full of seasons and god is calling us that each season to be reminded 
I'm with you in every season. Some seasons might be stretching you more. Some might be more demanding. Some are more mountaintop. Others can be valley. But through every season, I will sustain you and I will escort you and I will give you what you need to go through it for the glory of God. Let me get back here. Seasons change. Seasons change. New challenges, new demands, even new temptations. We change. But the Lord, praise God, he changes not. His grace is always sufficient. His faithfulness never fails his people. Most of us love that great song, Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning in thee. Thou changest not thy compassions. They fail not. I love this line. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Oh, man, the one that brought you through yesterday, he's the one that's going to bring you through today. Oh, the one that was there yesterday, he's the one that's holding you in the palm of his hand today. God says, I will sustain you. Even when you look and say, I've never been this way before. This is such an unexpected trial of my faith. Understand it. You might never have walked that way before, but you're not walking it alone, and you're not walking it without the resources of heaven that belong to the child of God. Paul heard from heaven one time, facing a season that was draining him, a season that was painful for him. That he tried to kind of get away from that season. You know, sometimes we like to avoid certain seasons, wouldn't we? Say amen. Don't lie in church. You know we would. But something we can't do that, can we? We just got to get the grace of God and go through that season. But God had an answer for Paul. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. 2 Corinthians 12 and 9. He said to me, heaven said, my grace. Paul had prayed and prayed. That great man of God prayed and prayed, God. Take away this pain. Take away this uncomfortable season. Take away this thing that's trying me and I'm getting so worn down by it and I don't know if I can last any longer. Lord, free me from this situation. How much longer can I stand it? You can stand it as long as the grace of God prevails and it will always prevail. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient. It's more than adequate for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. The grace of God, the enabling of God's spirit to help us face what we have to face and endure what we have to endure. It's a special dispensation, a special impartation of the grace and the strength and the working of God's spirit in our hearts to give us wisdom to navigate and strength to stand and love not to get embittered by the pains and the perplexities of this life. It's a sustaining grace that keeps us up and keeps us strong when life would try to knock us down. It's a strengthening grace that keeps us going while others are quitting and sometimes the devil says just break up just run out just give up on the whole thing the devil is a liar don't you dare give up God hasn't brought you this far that you might give up he's got victory in store for you and you're closer to it now than you've ever been before keep trusting God he's working all things it's a steady in grace That'll keep you level-headed even when everything around you is so chaotic oh the grace of God it's tailor-made. I love that. It's tailor-made for you and your situation. God knows just what you need. He knows who you are. He knows his children are all different. He knows how you're wired, and he knows every specific of your situation. And my grace is sufficient to help you 
go through that time. Oh, my, my, my. God promises us that for every season of your life, for every situation you will ever face, the glorious grace of God will be available and more than adequate to bring you through it. What a God we serve. What a God we serve. Changes come. Oh, but God's grace is greater. Seasons change. New season, but the same Savior. And the one that brought you this far, He's not going to bail on you now. God will sustain you in every season of your life. Some seasons were physically stronger. Other seasons. Some seasons we made more money. Other seasons. Some seasons it's like I never had this situation with children. Other seasons I never had this in my... Oh, the seasons change, but the Lord changes not, and His grace is sufficient for every step of the way. With every season, you have this assurance, my grace is more than adequate for you. It's available. So don't regress, progress. Keep going by faith to faith and glory to glory. With every season, find its purpose, meet its challenge. But above all, keep walking with the Lord. Keep looking to Jesus. Keep standing upon his word. Somebody say amen. I'm just giving some Bible reminders. Young Christians, write these down. Young Christians, get these. God's grace. You don't have to know all the Greek and Hebrew. But if you know God's grace is sufficient for me, you can stand and withstand. Amen. You don't got to know everything about the history. You don't need to know a whole lot of things. But if you know what you know. And you have the Bible pillars in place. You can withstand anything hell throws against you. Let's say it the Lord to his faithful people. Remember these things and let them strengthen and steady you in your walk with God. Bible reminders, number one, God says, I am working all things. That means your things together for good. Even the hard things, faith knows God is working. Number two, I will sustain you. I will hold you and keep you going in every season of your life. Someone says, I'm not the one I used to be. That's all right. Jesus hasn't changed a bit. Amen. But I don't have what I used to have. Jesus, he hasn't lost a step. Amen. I mean, we losing hair. We go, oh, we, we're a mess, but not the Lord. Amen. That's why we're fixing our eyes on Jesus, not on ourselves. If I look to me, I get discouraged. If I look at my situation, I get overwhelmed. But when I look unto Jesus, amen, my heart gets steadied. My joy gets renewed. The joy of the Lord. It is our strength. Amen. Number three, God reminds us that he will provide everything we need every step of the way. Gas is up. Stocks are down. Housing's this way. Lacking that way. The family's growing. Finances are decreasing, but never forget the one that feeds the sparrows. He's watching over you. (laughs) He knows what you have need of. And he knows exactly where to find you. God will provide everything we need. I love it. Again, Paul writes to the Philippians, And my God shall supply all your needs. Now he's writing to a people that have been faithful. He's writing to a people that are working with God. They're putting God first. They're seeking first the kingdom. I don't want to get anything out of context here. But he says to those that are walking with him, those that are serving him, and my God will meet all your needs. How many needs? All your needs. According to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Man, that'll never run out. 
that this earth can lose all its oil, but Jesus will never run out of riches and glory. Amen? You're tapped into the supply that will never run dry when you're tapped into the goodness and mercy and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is important. It might sound practical, but a lot of times pressure fills homes because finances get tight. A lot of times people get overwhelmed by listening to all the negativity from the media instead of going to the Word of God and getting some good news, amen, and building up your heart and steadying your soul. But God wants to remind you, the seasons in life change. One minute the economy is here, next minute it's there. There was a time in my life where I'm from, you could walk from this factory, quit that job, walk across the street, get a job across the street in the next, you know, the next uh, afternoon. And now those factories are mostly barren. Seasons change. But the Lord changes not. And this Lord has promised you and I that I will supply all your needs according to my, my riches and glory. Not according to men's stock markets or earthly resources. So Jesus said, don't worry. Your father knows what you have need of. He, he feeds the, the birds and he cares for the flowers and you are much more valuable than they. What a beautiful thought. Jesus didn't have to be deep. He could be deep if he wanted to, but Jesus just brought the deepness of heaven back to right where you and I live. And he said, if your heavenly Father takes care of birds and and squirrels and, and the flowers, how much more you, created in his image, redeemed by his blood. So he says, don't worry, but just seek first the kingdom. Just put them first in your lives. And all these things shall be added unto you. Bible reminder, my God will supply all your needs. So don't stress out. Don't lose the victory over what's going on in the world in which we live. We're in it, but we're not of it. We're connected to a different source. And the Lord knows those that are His. What a comforting thought. God knows those that love Him and serve Him. He sees the blood and He recognizes the seal. And He is committed to the care of his people all the days of our lives. I love what David said, how David testified in Psalm 37 when David said, I've been young, and now, well, I'm not too young anymore. Amen. I've been young, and now I'm old. But through it all, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging bread. Isn't that beautiful? I've been on the mountaintop and I've had my share of valleys. I've been in places where I felt like I was as strong as a giant. And times I felt old and feeble. But through it all, one thing I can testify, and I think we can say the same thing, God has never failed me. The grace of God has never faltered. The faithfulness of the Lord has always been there. My God has provided. My God has taken care of me and my friend is going to take care of you listen you might be starting out in life and it's a new marriage and it's a beginning thing and the bills and the kids and all those things and kids are always having to go to the doctor for something and you didn't expect that bill your god will supply all your needs you might be getting older and you had a good job at one time but now you've been retired for 20 years and things are coming up that maybe you didn't expect you never thought of 25 years ago but your god will supply Apply all your needs. Whatever you're going through, know your Lord watches over you. Your Heavenly Father is committed to your care. And whatever comes your way, rest in the goodness of the Lord. 
I love it. Thank you. You know, this topic always reminds me of um, that old prophet Elijah. Sent by God to that brook Cherith. Remember that? Famine in the land. He caused it. Amen. He prophesied it. Famine in the land. You see, there can be a famine in the land, but God will take care of his people. There could be a mess in the land, but if you're God, he'll take care of you. Whew. Oh, yeah, we're, we belong to the Lord. We're a special people. You are a royal priesthood. Woo! A peculiar people. You people belong to God. So the prophet, God says, go ahead and hide. I'm going to hide you. Wicked old king trying to kill you. But I'm going to hide you by a brook. Now, you, you drink at that brook, and God says twice a day. Oh, yeah, you better believe it, brother. A quarter pounders. He says, twice a day, I'm going to send those ravens right to you. Amen? He, he had that, what's that thing called? They come to your door now, Goober, Uber. They, they had that thing going way back yonder. Amen? Isn't that right? I mean, God had that long before, long before men had that. God said, I'm bringing it right to your doorstep. Come on, say amen. And I kind of envision them old birds flying over to the king's barbecue, man, picking up those good pieces of meat. Because God's not going to give you junk. Can you say amen? And twice a day, you bet quarter pounder. Someone says, make mine with cheese. Go ahead, brother. We'll make yours with cheese. But in the midst of a famine, in the midst of being a wanted man, God says, I know where you're at. I know how to find you. And I know how to bless you. Come on, say amen. Oh, yeah. God knows your deadline. So don't lose the victory. Don't act like someone that doesn't know God. Keep the joy. Keep sweet. Keep the song of the Lord in your heart. Your God will take care of you. Yeah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. When you know God, you don't got to get uptight all the time. Move on. Another, another sermon for another day. All right. The Lord speaks to us. Verses to remind us of His goodness and His grace. God reminds us. Bible reminders. God says, number four, I will guide you in my perfect, in my perfecting ways. God will guide you in His perfect, in His perfecting ways. What a thought, what a thought, what a thought. When you serve the Lord and you're seeking first the kingdom of God, you can have a confidence that your steps are ordered by the Lord. People in the world, they, 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 they get over-anxious. They, they just feel like nothing's under control. God's in control. And when you put Him first, He's in control of your steps. And He'll order those steps. He knows the end from the beginning. He's the God that still makes the crooked places straight and the rough places smooth. As you're led by the Lord. It's important to be led by God. But God will guide you in his perfect and in his perfecting ways. God makes no mistakes. His ways are perfect. He's too loving to be unkind, too wise to ever make a mistake. As for God, his way is perfect. Not always easy, but they're perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. And he is a shield to all who take refuge in him. God's ways. We've taught many times how God's ways are often unusual, uncomfortable, even unpopular. They're unusual, but he'll stretch our faith. 
He'll have us do things that we wouldn't do, walk around the wall seven times and then blow your horns. I mean, God has some unusual ways of leading us to the victory. Amen. Give me all that you have. Give me the last bit and I'll I'll multiply. And they're unusual. Sometimes um, they're uncomfortable because he refines us and he calls us to do things where he can prune us and he can polish us. And other times they're unpopular. Because everybody else is bowing. He says, no, no, you belong to me. You stand firm. And you're not moved by those things. Amen? But as for God, His ways are perfect. And the ways of God are revealing, they're refining, and they have an exact timing. The ways of God. I mean, for instance, they're revealing. God wants you and I that love Him to learn as we walk with Him. He instructs us as He leads us. Like the disciples in the storm or the Israelites at the Red Sea. Way after there was lessons. Way after there were examples. They didn't just experience the deliverance of God. They learned some important lessons about God. They learned that just because he's silent doesn't mean he's absent when Jesus slept. They learned that even in the midst of of obedience to God's will. You can fight some bad storms in the midst of his will. They can learn that at the Red Sea, he's still the God that makes a way even when there seems to be no way. He is the God of the impossible place and he can do the impossible thing in your life. Things that overwhelm, overwhelm men. Do not overwhelm the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll heal you in your body. He'll break through in that relationship. He'll change your financial situation. He's able to work in you as he works through you. There are lessons that accompany his leadings. Even the fog, even the strain. You can learn God's ways as you witness God's power. You can receive fresh revelations of God's character and God's person as you endure things by his grace. We think of Abraham, the father of the faith, and out of one of his greatest trials ever, when he had a, was asked to lay a, his son, he has some of the greatest revelations of the character and the name of God, of the power and the ways of God. So understand that God will guide you in His way. So as you're going through it, try to learn something from it. As you're going through it, remember the ways of God. In the Wednesday night Bible study, we spent about two months now on the first, we got on the fifth verse. We hit the fifth verse. It took us two months to get there. Book of James. Count it all joy. Whenever you're going through trials of many kinds, knowing this, that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so you might be mature, complete, lacking nothing. He says, consider the trials that you go through, not just necessary evils, but see within them the ability to grow in the ways of God, to know God better, to mature in your faith, to become more like Christ as you're conformed into His image. And we see that God reminds us here, As I am leading you, it's meant to be a teachable experience for you. That you might grow to know me better and grow in the likeness of my son. That you might know me better next time you might do things even better because of the experience. They're revealing as God leads you. Ask yourself, Lord, what should I be learning here? Lord, 
What is it that you want me to learn about your ways and your will here, Lord? What is it that you want to work on me? Because I know I'm praying, God, get rid of this thing, get rid of this thing, get rid of this thing. But until then, Lord, what is it you're trying to do in me? Let's grow in the grace and knowledge of our King. They're revealing and they're refining, they're refining. God brings us through it so when we come out the other side, we'll be more like Jesus than when we began. And the ways of God, um, they'll, they'll prune us and they'll polish us. And sometimes they'll purify us. We think of Job. Job says, I don't know the way God is leading me. Certainly my comforters and counselors don't know what they're talking about, but he knows the way that I take. And when I come through this, Job said, I'm going to be as pure as gold. Job says, I'm not quite sure why God's leading this way. I don't understand what God's doing, but one thing I know, he knows what he's doing, amen? I might not know it. My friends are missing the mark, but the Lord knows what he's doing. And one thing is for sure, this is going to end. It won't be forever. And when it does end, I'm going to come forth as purest gold. God's going to do a work in me, and I'm going to be better than when I first began. Refining, refining. I'm going to come out stronger in faith. Pure in my heart and in my motivation. Deeper in my devotion. Closer to Jesus. I pray that the trial you're going through will bring you closer to Jesus. If anything else, I pray you're going to get your healing today. I pray that things are going to break before a week. But even if the process goes longer, I pray that you'll get closer to Jesus through this situation. Doesn't everybody know some backslide? No, some get embittered. Some we can point back to the day they went through a terrible trial and they were never the same. But they were never able to rebound from that thing and get closer to God. Instead, they got more bitter and then their walk with God was never the same. My prayer for you, oh yeah, I pray He heals you today. I pray that by next week you want to testify because He's going to work. But until then, my ultimate prayer is that you will grow closer to Jesus through what you're going through. Can you say amen? Amen. The perfecting ways of God are revealing and they're refining. And there's a timing and there's a timing. And I'm glad that his hand is on the clock. Amen. Aren't you glad his hand's on the clock, right? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3 and 11, he makes all things beautiful in its time. In its time. God controls the time of your situation and the time of your visitation. God's in control of that. And friend, listen, this difficult time, it will pass. Young believer, you gotta, you got to remember that. You will talk some old people. Let us tell you. Let us tell you. Amen? You, you, sometimes you're going through it and you're thinking, man, will this ever end? Amen? Sometimes you're thinking, I don't know if I can get out of bed this morning, right? We've all been hit with things, right? But we're here to tell you it will pass. We're here to tell you God's grace will sustain you and you're going to rise again. You're going to sing again. You're going to get the breakthrough, but just don't give up. The difficult time will pass. The fog won't last forever. God knows your deadline. He knows your limitations. God's well aware of your situation. He knows your endurance. So stay in the water. Keep swimming. <laughs> I was thinking about dear brother and sister in the church that, are, um, that work out and are trainers. And I can remember, you, you, ever, you, you ever work out with a, 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 you had a buddy, workout buddy? I, I was always, I never had enough money for a trainer. So I, I said, I just had a, I take whatever buddy was free. Let's go work out. Amen. Where's the cheapest place? Someone's basement, right? Never had money for a gym. Nothing, man. We lifting cans. We lifting anything we could lift. All right. 
But you start training each other, and, and that guy's urging you on, and, and you get to that point, you feel like you're going to die. Amen? Your hands are going to fall off. And he says, let it burn, man. Feel the burn. Feel the burn. Feel the burn. i like to feel his burn. I'll give him. <laughs> if my arm can move, I'll throw the dumbbell at him at that point. I'll give you feel the burn. I'm going to be sore. For, I can comb my hair the next morning. Amen? I remember times like two, I comb my hair. Feel the burn. And sometimes we're going through it. And, and oh, the Lord, I can, Lord whisper, feel the burn, son, feel the burn. We're getting down deep. We're getting to some areas that I've really wanted to work on in your life. We're getting you down to a place of really walking like Jesus. Wow. Woo. Go ahead, tell your neighbor, feel the burn, man, feel the burn. <laughs> Don't slug them for that. I told them to say it. The fog is lifting. The fog is lifting, so keep on swimming. No time to stop. It's our last Bible reminder. He that began a good work in you, he will complete it. Expressing your value in his commitment to you. The word of the Lord, Philippians 1 and 6. He, the Lord, which hath began that good work in you. Salvation is not of me, it's of the Lord. Amen? I didn't, I didn't find him. He wasn't lost, not once. Amen? He found me. It was amazing grace that saved us. And the one that began that work of grace, he has promised to stay with us until he finishes that work of grace. Amen? Now I want to close with one last story. It illustrates the awareness of God's presence and care as being a great enabler for our faith, a stabilizer for our soul. After all, we are being called this morning to keep on swimming, to keep on marching, for we're closer now than when we first believed. A writer, a Christian author, grew up in Illinois, and he writes, when I first was learning how to sail my dad's sailboat out on Lake Michigan, he would often say to me, now go ahead, take the boat out, but take a friend with you. Always take a friend with you. So he says a 40-foot, 40 42-foot sailboat on a body of water the size of Lake Michigan is a big responsibility. But I was always up for the challenge, and I'd find some other junior high friend to accompany me, and we'd sail past the breakwaters, hoist the sails out into the open water. But as soon as I saw the formation of some clouds, coming our way or the wind seemingly to piping up, I would head back to shore, take the sails down, regain my normal breathing, and only when we were safely tied in the slip, I'd sigh. Most of the time it was fun having a friend along. But I knew in a storm that kid wouldn't be much help. But there were other times when Dad would come home early from work and he would... um, We'd go out together. And when I was sailing with my dad, I'd actually look for cloud formations. I would be hoping for some heavy air and some waves. I love the feeling of the strong winds and the huge waves against that sail ship. You see, my dad, he said, had crossed the Atlantic Ocean a few times. He'd endured one time five days in hurricane-like conditions sailing. 
He was a veteran, and I had total confidence in my dad that he was able to handle anything Lake Michigan could throw at us. You see, everything changed when my dad was on board. Somebody, I want you to know, your father's on board. Never forget, always have the awareness of his presence in the awareness of his care. It doesn't matter if the fog is thick. It doesn't matter if the winds are hard. Your father's on board. You're going to make it. He's going to bring you through. Keep the faith. Keep looking to Jesus. Keep believing God's word and keep marching forward in the name of the Lord. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Bible reminders. And I pray that older saints, we were reminded of these truths. That I know as for me, they've been the foundation of our fight of faith for many years. And I pray that some of the younger ones, you'll grab a hold of these. And if you had not memorized these, you would memorize them. You'd write them down. Put them on your refrigerator. Read them. Put them on the index card. Get them in your heart. So when trials come, they're right there. Like Jesus. It is written. It is written. You can speak it out. You can stay strong. May we all take to heart the word of the Lord in the encouragement as we swim on. If you need prayer as we close, or you would just like to come and pray, maybe one of these verses that we read spoke to you in a special way. Maybe one of these points the Holy Spirit really emphasizes a reminder to your heart. Well, let's take a moment before we go, and let's give God praise and thanks for his promises. Let's express our appreciation for God's care and commitment to us. We that have walked with God many years, it has not been a storm-free existence. We've had our share of fogs where we couldn't see much, of ways that we're beating against as we are trying to go forward. But we can testify the word of the Lord is true and the faithfulness of God is great. And God's brought us this far. And we're quick to tell you about it. So let's just take a moment here after we pray and worship the Lord. Let's give him praise for how much he's done in our lives. For how far he's brought us, where he found us and what he's done in our lives. I don't know about you, but God's been real good to me. I've been young and now I'm not so young. But through it all, I confess I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Certainly not this one. Nor God's seed begging bread. Amen? Stand with me, please. Stand with me, please, as we pray. And if you need special prayer, we'll come.